Hi. I got a tape I want to play. Just what do you think you're doing, Dave? Your move, creep. Take me to the volcano! So why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Come with me if you want to live. This town needs an enema. Like I said, I need a bacchiatomy. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. I got a bad feeling about this. So it's come to this. It has. That's a very sly, alluring Ooh. intro into one of my Hello. absolute favorite times of the year, <laughs> which we are so close to, just a few days away. We're, we're right on the doorstep here. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. And uh, this is a movie podcast. And this is more than a movie p- podcast tonight. Tonight we're gonna, tonight we're going to hang out and, and open it up a little bit, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We're, uh, we're in kind of a trick-or-treating mood. And I love all things trick or treating. <laughs> I've not trick or treated myself in a while, but we'll talk about. Well, you that. are a grown man. I'm a grown adult man. <laughs> it would be wrong. Yeah, it's not, uh, and it, with no child, so just right, no excuses. Stay off the streets. The cat on that night will not go out with you. I love getting trick or treaters now. Mm-hmm. It's so fun being on the other side of it. And I, uh, we're just going to talk a lot about trick-or-treating I in think, general tonight. Yeah, and Halloween and yeah. uh, why it's still special. And it, this year, it's just not going to be the same. No. And that's a bummer. Yeah. And so maybe we're just kind of nostalgic for all these like, hey, remember when you could just uh, have a holiday based around going out and visiting your neighbors and getting yeah. candy from strangers? <laughs> remember that? Yeah. How fun was that? Do you remember how wild it was that this was always just a part of how uh, how we lived life. <laughs> yeah. There was no time where I didn't know about Halloween. There's pictures mm-hmm. of me as a baby and you know dressed as just a pumpkin. <laughs> That's weird. I'm sure I have similar pictures. You know, yeah. my family was like, a f- you know, s- loosely strict uh, religious upbringing. But we're so... <laughs> Uh, time to break out the ghost costumes every year for, for my kids. I, I think of Halloween as the beginning of the holiday season, like... Totally. It's not Thanksgiving. I mean, you see Christmas up now way before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I think, but Halloween is kind of the the first time that you get to like have a little fun, especially early in the school year. I feel like that always had a thing to do with it for me. Like, yeah, you could finally kind of like relax a little bit at school, <laughs> wear a costume, get some candy. You wear the you wear the costume to school. I did growing up. Yeah, I went yeah. to a uh, a Catholic school, but we definitely did the Halloween. So you wore. So that's great because St. Rose, uh, you wore like the blue slacks and like white oh, polo shirts every day, the, we right? We did have the uniforms, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for so, reminding me. So yeah. <laughs> I was making sure. But no, since... yeah, it was a big deal when you could wear anything else. Yeah. And uh, one time we had a uh, sports, like you're supposed to dress, come dressed like a sports person. Yeah. Uh, or no, it was an, I'm sorry, it was an international thing. You had to dress as someone from another country. Okay. And uh, me and my brother came in our dad's hard rock t-shirts, like from China or Switzerland or whatever, like some other country. And they were like, nah, that doesn't count. You were just like people that went to a restaurant. Literally, this shirt is from another country. (laughs) What are you talking about? But Halloween, yeah, you could dress up, and we would always parade around at the Monster Mash at school, you know? Oh, wow. And it'd be like every every grade got to do their little lap, and then it'd be like, stop the song, wherever it is in the song. All right, fifth grade gets up, 
you did the mash. <laughs> <laughs> the song keeps going. Yeah. I don't remember wearing a Halloween costume to school during Halloween. I went to a Christian school, but I don't remember us doing Halloween. Spe- All of our costume-based things were uh, like for fall dances. Mm. They might be costume-themed. Or if it was Spirit Week, come as a... See, we did a Spirit Week, like come as a Patriot Day. Uh-huh. Come, you know, those kind of days. So, I, But we didn't do Halloween at school. We did that when I was in like elementary school. I wore a T-Rex costume Ooh. that my mom sewed. That was like a full foam padded suit with only my face sticking out. This big green dinosaur costume with a big tail. But I'm sure it looked better than like Lisa as Florida. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't just (laughs) a mattress (laughs) roped around me. No, my mom, uh, up until I was probably 10 or so, actually would make uh, a costume. The best was probably... Me and my friend Eric went as Mario and Luigi. Oh man! And she dyed. She found a couple of old painters' caps and like dyed them bright red and bright green and got the overalls and everything. Wow! The sizes were off because I was sh- shorter and skinny, and he was tall and fat, which is the opposite of the their brothers' dynamic. <laughs> kind of kind of bizarro. Mario yeah. brothers. Yeah. Like it would be like if Mario was skinny and Luigi was fat, <laughs> and so that we were that, but. We had the big like Avery Schreiber mustaches, oh, nice. and uh, so th- that was probably my best year. That would have been like nine or ten, you know. But it's funny that we didn't watch tons of horror movies except around this time mm-hmm. in my household, and so we would have all. It's it's so weird that we were very religious, but then it was like, yeah, they can watch TV horror movies, and he can be Dracula for a night. <laughs> Did you guys decorate the house? I remember like we like uh we just watched a couple movies and the one we just watched was, you know, they had all the decorations on the door and stuff. And I remember oh, yeah, having yeah. like the skeleton cutouts and Oh yeah, we had those. That. We had all those the With same the, putting the cobwebs up and stuff. Yeah, uh we we did the cobwebs later. We lived out in the country, so we had just spiders anyway. <laughs> and we had bugs. You're like, "Why would you add cobwebs?" Yeah, we are not trying to give them extra places to stay. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so we didn't do those, but we had all the Halloween decorations from probably when my parents got married and moved in. All those great 70s. I know the company that makes them, but I don't know how to pronounce them. It's like Beastle. I don't know. Beastle. B-E- They're the ones that make those, oh, the cardboard black arching cat uh-huh. with the yellow screaming face or the... The ghost with a lantern or the skeleton cut out with the movable joints. Yeah. It was all that one company. The ones that fold out with the, you know, like the spider hanging with the big puffy paper body. Absolutely. We had those kind of things. Like all of the, <laughs> they had to have been from, you know, the late 70s. So yeah, we would tape up the, the joint moving skeleton <laughs> on the on the door and have uh, like red and, or uh, the orange and black candles in the uh, the front window. Did you guys get trick-or-treaters out at that country house? No, there? we lived way out in the country, and so f- mostly we would get under 10. Strictly, the only reason they got those were because it's like a one, one-way one road mm-hmm. all the way back to my parents' house, but they're the first house. So it was all the people coming from the back of the Just one-way the neighbors, road. basically. It was yeah. only neighbors. Plus, my dad's a dentist. So for a long time, he gave out toothbrushes. And he must hate Halloween. Yeah. 
What a joyless man. He's like, yeah, it's my busiest time of year. (laughs) These damn kids with the sugar. He would give out toothbrushes and packs of bubblicious sugar-free gum. How? And and people would come back the next year? (laughs) (laughs) You know, a full pack of gum, bubblicious sugar-free gum was was good gum, and it was a full pack. Gum is gum. Yeah, I'll take gum. Like, uh, I I mean, you get gum in your your trick-or-treat. It wasn't like there was... um, So, okay, when you were a kid in trick-or-treating, would you go out alone or would your parents take you no the yeah my mom would take me and my brother uh-huh. and because in the movies it's almost always depicted as like take your four-year-old brother with you oh yeah like with these nine-year-olds in charge of like a baby no halloween was always very much the parents trailing along or sure. going with you Good. i mean i'm glad i'm not alone in that by the late you know my first year out would have been like an, a late 80s like 87 i would have been four or so so okay. that's probably the first time i would go out in the neighborhood and it, by then, it was all very much like stranger, razor blade, fear, I remember. Oh, that was big. So, yeah, you're not going out there by yourself. Mm-hmm. And uh, But, yeah, we would go to like a, you know, their friend lived over maybe in Coffee Park. So, we'd go over there and uh-huh. go with the family friend and their kids and kind of go as a group. Around. Got it. And we went to the McDonald area, the rich oh, part of town. Oh, that's the famous part of... Uh, a couple years, because we yeah. lived kind of nearby there. That's the whole the street cemetery. that does up. On Halloween, yeah, they famously do it all up. Yeah, it's all these uh, classic. It's the house where Pollyanna is filmed. All you right, yeah, yeah, with the wraparound uh, porches and stuff. So yeah, it was always fun. But yeah, it was definitely. I never, I've never been when I was a kid because we were uh, two towns up. Yeah, you're pretty far away, Healdsburg, and. We would have. Uh, but I bet so, Healdsburg. I bet Healdsburg did it up pretty nicely, though. You know, there's probably some nice. It's areas got a small there. town uh, charm. There were yeah. some good houses with you know that would have the big lawns filled with fake uh, tombstones, and you know there was one guy uh, that would you know always be hiding in around his <laughs> front porch area, Fun. or the kind of you know when you go up to <laughs> oh, the no, house and somebody's like a fake straw man sitting yeah, there, yeah. and he kind of would reach out occasionally and grab a kid. Because the candy would just be in a bowl right next to him kind of thing. So there there was that kind of stuff. But we would always have different... We'd get pictures every year because we would go... Since we had to be driven into town anyway, it was always mm-hmm. parents with us. Yeah. Usually it would be with a friend. Like my sister would have a friend with her. And I would usually go with my buddy, Eric. Our Mario and Luigi. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, we would hit up a, like specific destinations first. Like, oh, Annie Francis wants to see you in your costumes. <laughs> so we'd get a Polaroid at Annie Francis's house every mm-hmm. year and that kind of thing. And she always had like, this was a woman, uh, I don't know if you had one of these, who has no blood relation to me, but we've always called her Auntie. Yeah. Like one of those relatives. I know that. Yeah, I know like that Like my person. dad and, and her sons grew up together and went on family trips so mm-hmm. okay we got to go to her house to get this photo. then we got to go to this one cul-de-sac in healdsburg because we know five people that live on the same cul-de-sac so we can hit up a bunch of the the friendlies real quick. totally yeah but then usually from the rest of the night then once we made made our stops to the people we knew uh then it was just my dad would park at the end of one street usually a cul-de-sac and then we'd hit up all the houses on the block and loop back and come home with just a pillowcase with mm-hmm. candy. Did you have any memorable candy hauls? Like a year that was just way more mm. than all the other years? I had one. It's one of those years of legend where it's like, they were handing them out by the handfuls out there. 
I feel like I do remember the McDonald area, like they're them giving out like full size candy bars at houses, and I, just being like, just running back, yeah. <laughs> from the front door, just like before they find out that they just gave me a full size yeah. candy bar. Go, that was go, a go. full baby roof. <laughs> Did you see that? Like your, your the weight of your bag changed when yeah. they threw that thing in there. <laughs> yeah, I do that now. I get the boxes of movie candy because it's the best. Because the it, watching the kids when I give them like a full thing of Mike and Ike's or like milk duds or something, full box, and like their parents are usually on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. We get a lot in bunches in this neighborhood, so you get six kids at once and then a half hour of nothing. A lot of groups. And so giving out these big boxes and they always run back to the parents. They play it so I got hurt by this the first couple of years. Uh-huh. Usually they play it cool to you. Uh-huh. Because I think they address what you brought up. Like, I don't know if this guy realizes like, what he's doing. Well, yeah, they're used to getting like maybe two tickly little yeah, pieces get one of, of those the minis, stuff. Yeah. A little Snickers mini. Yeah. Come on. Or like one little roll of sweet tarts. Uh huh. You're like, don't waste my time. The one year I got like <laughs> 85 Smarties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, That's man, I'm, I'm cool with Smarties, but this is too big a percentage of Smarties out there. I always love. Yeah, I have they were no... dumping the Smarties there for. So yeah, I always give out the full box candy. The kids no sell it to your face. Occasionally you get one that's like, whoa, like can't help it. I love that. But usually they're just like, oh yeah, I guess I'll take this. Full huge box of bunch of crunch. Mm. Yeah, you oh, will obviously. You don't just hand. You have them choose. Yeah. Well, I usually have. That one, might be the part that's tripping them up. Like I have one bucket choosing. that's fruity candy, uh-huh. like big boxes of Skittles, Mike and Ike's, that stuff, and then one that's the chocolatey oh, based candy. So they got to make several decisions. Because I was here. like, you know, I would go after the Skittles or Twix when I was a kid. If you could see what you were getting, those were my two go tos. And Baby Ruth. Mm. And you know, give these kids a choice. So you know. They get a big box of candy, but right as I'm closing the door, I always I look through the peephole at them, <laughs> and I see them like waving the box Peep to their it. parents. Oh, that's it's great! The best. So yeah, I never got that though as a kid. We never went to McDonald Avenue, mm-hmm. and here's my experience. Uh, so when Windsor was a little bit more built up, uh, we started going also into Windsor. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't as thriving mm-hmm. as it was <laughs> when I was like eight. Uh, so by the '90s. There was a big mansion area in Windsor, gated community kind of thing. But you could walk in there, and we were so excited to go to the mansions. Totally. And it was the worst candy hall possible. Hmm. We're talking like, here's one sour apple Jolly Rancher. And it's like, I think that was, as an 11-year-old, it's like, the rich are just going to keep everything for themselves. (laughs) That's why they're rich. That's when you were radicalized. Yeah. Trick-or-treating radicalized Damn, one percenters. Me. So it's good that the McDonald Avenue people, just a couple of towns over, one town over, yeah, are at least giving out the full bar treatment. Well, I think there's also a lot of pressure on them to deliver everything. Oh, year. you have to. That's the kind of street of, where if you... The, uh, yeah, it comes not with the territory, Not if you don't just right? not decorate, but if you decorate kind of like half, you'll get like neighborhood pressure <laughs> that you're not pulling your weight. Yeah. I'm glad I don't live in one of those kind oh, of... Oh, I know. I wouldn't want to the there. responsibility. Like every how I'll oh. suck them dry once a year, but I don't want to live there. Yeah, right. I'll take their candy when they're giving it to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you have that year where uh, you felt like I'm probably too old to be out here doing this? 
that last year? I think. Or it, did you give it up? I was early? trying to remember the. You know, yeah. Earlier today, actually, knowing that we were doing this, I was trying to remember the last time I went out, and it was probably the year I was like in sixth grade. Okay. And I pro and I you know so I would have been twelve. Wow. No, no, no. That was that would have been seven, eleven. Eleven was the last time you went out. Twelve, something like that. Gosh. I mean, obviously by high school, no, that's out, and that's fourteen. Really? So not even in high school. You can't be going Man. out in high school now. Well, I don't think you can be in high school trick or treat. I went. I was going unless out. you're the annoying teenagers. Then. So I was a never a Halloween misfit. Uh huh. I would. I have never vandalized somebody's house. I've never done any simply kind of, treated. The most tricky I got. This is this is gonna sound fake, but this happened. There was a old lady in in Healdsburg. I'm gonna sound now. It's in 2020. This story's gonna make me sad. Uh, Do she, tell. She gave out raisins every year. Ugh. Just a box of. Golden maze. I almost thought you go, you were going to say razors. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Some kids died. Yeah, this is gonna make some me sound kids, like an uh, asshole. Gave out. She gave out razor blade caramel apples. <laughs> we thought it was funny at the time because everybody knew. Uh, so she gave out like raisins, and she was religious, and so she also gave out uh, the current issue of the church's primary, which is like a church magazine for the tween set. Don't push your beliefs. So she gave on out me, a primary really. and raisins, and my friend Eric gave me this idea. I would have never thought of this because I was I was a good kid. He's like, let's put it in her mailbox. Like he's like, we're not gonna we're not gonna take this. We don't want to dump our bags out at the end of the night and be bummed out seeing raisins in like a church, like a Seventh Day Adventist primary, you know. You don't want it. No, you don't want that dumping out on the floor. No, you want to be rolling in your candy, not being, oh, right. Yeah. We're going to have to dispose of this <laughs> on our own time. Uh, so he's like, yeah, let's put it in our mailbox. And he opened up her mailbox. And I was like giggling because it was like, oh, my gosh. There was like a dozen. <laughs> <laughs> her mailbox was already like you all, you had to kind of push a couple down to That's make funny. space for your primaries and raisins. Like half a dozen other kids had all been like, hey, check out this mailbox right by her gate. I just love that. The, <laughs> your idea of a trick is let's return her literature to her. <laughs> you know. Politely like in the we mailbox. Were, yeah. uh, it felt uh, rude. I love that. As a, but yeah, we weren't throwing eggs or going out or no. doing anything like that. No vandalism. But no, uh, That was for other nights. So my sister <laughs> is... Uh, you, your parents were not right behind you. So I was going out way later because... You, this is a type of person you didn't... So I wasn't tormenting anything, and I mm -hmm. wasn't a, a weirdo, I swear. Uh, my sister's <laughs> six years younger than me. Right, quite a bit younger. So at a certain sure. point, it became, Eric can take her trick-or-treating. You know, the parents can sit at home and watch a night of uh, the Friends Halloween Oh, special. so you did chaperone her on the... Yeah, by then she nights. wouldn't be like going with friends. Usually it'd be like me and then uh, just taking my sister yeah. places. But I would still do like a little bit of a... I wouldn't just be the adult. I would do a something, uh, but no makeup. I mean, you might as well get like some that. candy. Yeah. So might as well. I'm going to be th at the door with her doing all the walking with her. Get some candy. One year, uh, a g another good costume I remember. Uh, uh, I almost got cold feet on this one because it felt too nerdy. Hmm. It probably is. But uh, I was probably 12, and so my sister was six. 
and she would always want to go as a Disney princess. Mm-hmm. A lot of the uh, Jasmine and Ariel, the mermaid, and oh, that God. kind of stuff. That was her yearly thing. Uh, and so I was, where's Waldo? Where you got? There's only so many costumes you do with glasses. Right, you have the glasses thing. Yeah, and so and, you always have And to... this is pre-Harry Potter. Yeah, right. <laughs> and so there's always like, well, you're, you either have to find a character that wears glasses, so you're like Egon in the Ghostbusters. Uh-huh. <laughs> You're like, I'm Chris Sabo, the Reds' third baseman. <laughs> like, oh, some, getting some deep cuts here, kid. Right off the bat, uh, that's deep a cuts. Second year, that's a, you're already out of <laughs> options. Um, you know, and uh, or you just have to be another character who's also just wearing glasses. Mm-hmm. My, Mar- my Mario, I actually would leave my glasses with my dad. And so I was probably nine, but I was going out blind, being led around by Luigi just to... To, for authenticity's, well. <laughs> authenticity's sake, you know? I understand that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah, Waldo had the glasses. My mom knitted a striped beanie, and then I had, like, the striped shirt and a cane. Nice. It looked good. And little kid walking by to his mother said, Mommy, I found Waldo. <laughs> and that's when I knew that I had changed that boy's life. Wow. Yeah. That boy probably still thinks of me and the wonder he felt that Halloween. When he found Waldo. Yeah. He tells people about it on he a podcast does. He somewhere. has his own podcast. <laughs> I hope. His own Waldo cast. All because of that time where he was able to believe. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> but no, where so, were you when you found Waldo? Oh, yeah. He found him. I looked good. I'm, I'm a dweeb. I made a good, like, Waldo. It was, I don't it was doubt very it. accurate. I don't doubt that at all. I hope my, my mom better have a picture somewhere. I got to find it. Yeah. But- uh, even more so than the candy. Uh, well, also, did you, your parents let you just have free reign on that candy, or was it doled out to you in uh, increments? I don't think they ever like withheld candy. Okay. Um, I think what's yours was yours. Yeah, I, but I think it was definitely like uh, telling us you, you, we couldn't eat it all that night. Obviously, we had to. Right. It was, but it wasn't like, but it wasn't like we had to hand it over and then they would give it out to us. I had a lot of friends that had, like, their parents kept the candy, doled it out. Uh, I was allowed to keep mine just in my room, but uh, my parents would steal it. Oh, good. Because I would remember, like, I had three packs of. uh, You think it was the folks, not not your sister? No, she had her own. Yeah, her own stuff. You know, she. I could have seen her doing if it was just no. Your brother's the one that gets to go. You have to stay at home. Like, then she would have stolen all of it. But so my parents would steal it. But no, I had a friend who they didn't realize this trick their parents were playing on. They let them eat as much as they wanted Hmm. on Halloween night. Had as much as they want. Didn't even have to have dinner, just candy. Oh. And the kids, every year, he would tell me about this. Like, he would get tricked every year. He would never want any more of it. He would only eat, like, you know. A quarter of it. He would just eat it all at once. And then their parents would get the rest. because the kids terrible. Would, yeah, yeah. They, they, they just never eat any more of it. It's like every year he got tricked. I feel like my parents had this trick of convincing me I didn't like certain candy. <laughs> like, oh, no, you don't want those. Those are not good. Right? <laughs> my, mom would, my mom would wet her beak. She would, go, <laughs> she would definitely uh, pick out some favorites. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, my dad, you know, would, uh, I drove you around. I'm taking my taking my cut. And it would be like, Dad, <laughs> trying to cover up the good stuff, you know? 
Yeah, I just feel like, yeah, I'm trying to remember exactly which one it would have been. But it would have been, you know, anytime you got an Almond Joy or something. Yeah, there were certain like, ones my mom would target. We'll, we'll certain those, candy yeah. bars. Like, uh, we'll do you a favor. My dad was, was much more like, is there any candy you don't want? Yeah. Like, he was taking the table scraps. He didn't care. He was just getting... Uh, I, I would always love... <laughs> I was fascinated So your by dad this. who's giving out floss and yeah. uh, oh, gum yeah. is still like, Might but have. also I want the candy. Oh, I mean, he eats candy and stuff. He yeah. uh, he's got great teeth, though. He's got great. He's it's all about. The, you can eat all the candy you want. Just take, just do a little brush and floss. I'm just saying, like, he could have played this. Like, he knows he gets like ten people a year, so he buys like ten bags of candy. Oh, way you're right, overbuys, man. And then it's like, ah, oh, no one came this year. I guess we got. Oh, 10 I thought you were implying that he should be giving out tons of candy to create a new client base. Well, there's that too. I that that can was, help. He didn't do either of those things. But you know, it's like when you kind of you the when problem you I have now candy. is trying to gauge how much candy to buy because I oh, live yeah. in a neighborhood that gets some traffic, but mm-hmm. we're kind of like at the edge of the neighborhood a little bit. Right. So sometimes I'll get maybe a dozen kids, and then I think one year I had like I counted like thirty five, yeah, forty kids came. And oh. I was I was like down to the end of the candy, and just like <laughs> I don't know what to do. I'm gonna run out of candy because yeah. I. Didn't buy enough. Like just give out last night's mac. You always got to overbuy. Yeah, you always you know? got to overbuy the candy. Yeah, we've got some some salsa packs here. I just turn the light off when I run it. Yeah. Oh, do you? I'm, I get shops closed, get, boys. Every year is different. One year I got sixty kids, mm-hmm. and then the next year it was eight. Exactly. And it's like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, and uh, where did those sixty kids go? I love. Yeah. One thing I, I want to get to the mystery, the bottom of, but I also it's something I also don't want to know. Every year, I would me and my sister would always laugh about these because I had no idea where they came from. I never saw them in the wild, but I would always get at least three of them. It was called Monster Money, hmm. spelled like mummy, M-U-N-N-Y. Okay. And it was just like cheap chocolate in bright foil, but it was foil that was made to look like fake money. So it would be like a cartoon Frankenstein with a five cent next to him or a I vaguely remember 75 like that. cent piece with a ghost, you know, and it was just like <laughs> bad chocolate. I was like, where is Monster Money sold to begin with? I've never seen this at the store. I would always end up somewhere along the line with it, but it was dark. You can never always tell what they were throwing in there. Mm-hmm. Just find it mysteriously in your sack later on. Like, where is this Monster Money currency coming from? I've never seen it in a store. I don't know which kind of location you'd have to go to to find monster money and you but yeah i would uh would always look forward to the monster money i was going to point and laugh at <laughs> and never actually eat uh my weirdly enough though i don't think trick-or-treating was quite my favorite thing of that season because always around trick-or-treating the best part about the build was all the uh halloween specials they would get shown on TV, mm-hmm. like for the whole the whole week. That's when every like Boy Meets World would have its Halloween episode, and all the every year the Charlie Brown one, the Garfield one. They play was the my classics, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was always the week building up to that, except for the years they mess up and they show it on November second. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the Treehouse of Horrors would be like, that, yeah, right, where it would be like it'd be like the Halloween specials on like November third. Yeah, it's like, well, I guess that's the Sunday. It's like, well, there's football going on the previous Thursday. Yeah. We can't show it then, so we have to show it. Yeah, it's November third, the Treehouse of Terror eight. Yeah. Oh, 
oh yeah, I guess it's still the season technically, <laughs> but kind of getting Thanksgiving stuff out now. And... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it lose <laughs> Halloween definitely does does not like age. Well, it's and great it, because you know it's like Christmas. You can kind of hang on for a few days with your presents. Yeah, you're and usually the tree, still at home eating all know? the cookies or whatever. Right. But Halloween is like it's done. Yeah, the next day. <laughs> the next day, everybody's just like, well, that's, we're back. We're done with that. <laughs> Let's, let us never speak of it again. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's such a great build, though, throughout the month. Even though I'm not really feeling it this year. I I'm, I'm, I'm haven't been doing the, like, I'm only watching horror movies. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I'm not going to force it. You know, if I want to watch a Bronson movie, I've been, been watching a Bronson movie. You know, whatever. Absolutely. Uh, but I love... There are some specials that I do break out more often than the the rest, uh, and they were kind of the same ones that I watched when I was a kid. I was a biggest biggest fan of the Garfield Halloween special. Uh, I've shown it to a lot of people. I've watched it with you. We watched it about a week ago. Yeah. Um. I we had that on tape, you know, taped off a of TV. Mm-hmm. It was one of those things that CBS ran every year, usually back to back with the Great Pumpkin, followed by. Garfield, uh, exactly. Like, it was always a one-two punch. They there. showed that Garfield special for like a decade. It probably, well, I think, I forget where it first aired, it's but it just was just like, so goddamn good. <laughs> it's too <laughs> damn good to keep off the airwaves, but once a year, uh, the jokes remained crisp. <laughs> Garfield's sharp. timing is tight. It's a tight twenty-two. The scares are real. Oh, it did, man. It did thing, have scares for me when I was a kid. I mean, I remember loving it as a kid yeah. also and being like, this is the height of Halloween entertainment. <laughs> and man, watching it a week ago or so, it was just like, wow. Bring some stuff back, huh? We just sat through whatever was on TV, man. Oh, man. Like, it was like, it, it's crazy how TV did not have to be good <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> Man, that, I'm digging. Like, I, it's not bad, but it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I love that there was that kind of primetime, like, kids special. It would have the C, the same CBS intro as, like, when they'd be, like, a special two-hour heart-to-heart. Yeah. It'd be that rolling seat, like, gung, 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 like, with the CBS logo spinning towards you. Like, whoa, we're watching, like, uh, you know, it's the McLeod movie of the week uh, kind of thing so i love it would do that for the garfield one like this is it this is the one time guys cbs put up the bat signal this is the one time to watch the great pumpkin mm-hmm. i do I, in the great pumpkin i love the gag still where he shows up with like 10 holes cutting his ghost <laughs> costume pretty good i love the music in the great pumpkin my oh some of the coolest vince uh, garaldi music you know Mm -hmm. love it but the garfield one was my special that was that was every year that was my favorite that was all the jokes like my dad would even tell him you know the candy 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 whenever we'd uh i don't know if that's a joke (laughs) but that's what garfield the whole episode is excited until he until he keeps getting more and more scared (laughs) in his bad tripped across the island due to his halloween greed now has the great garfield songs you're like, who are they commissioning to write these Garfield jams? Oh man, it was. Uh, it's like a musical. Very nostalgic, uh, but yeah, it was very but, yeah. But no, the but scares I remember and, being a kid and being like, we have to be done by, you yeah, eight thirty. Yeah, because some, yeah, sometimes they would whatever. be showing on Halloween night. Mm-hmm. Uh, normal programming would be preempted, and they'd be showing, 
you know, trilogy of terror with Karen Black late in the night, but at around the 7.30 to 8.30 hour, that was Great Pumpkin and Garfield Halloween. Yeah, I, I have a memory of like a Scooby-Doo Halloween, you know. Oh, sure. I was a big Scooby-Doo there kid. Were, there, were some, there were some ghost mysteries happening yeah, in Scooby-Doo. Pretty natural fit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a lot of stuff like that. But uh, yeah, the, uh, Garfield one even had uh, pirate ghosts. Like the fog. That is pretty cool. Which uh, we're talking about a lot of pirate ghosts. Yeah, that is <laughs> that, that. I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pirate, pirate ghosts. ghosts. That's 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 cool. That's, that's a legit. scary thing to put in a that's legit a kid's special. Uh, yeah, they I, were not scary pirate ghosts. They were not that scary. <laughs> they had like two animations, just kind of moving like back. They're basically just a lenticular yeah. photo, just depending on how you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, uh. I I was big into the Halloween specials, and I was not allowed to watch any of the movies we're going to talk about tonight mm. for our trick-or-treat spectacular, because there's a lot of trick-or-treating in movies. Movie trick-or-treating is one of my favorite things to watch. I definitely, definitely like a movie that takes place on or around Halloween. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Into it. Love the aesthetics. Even though they're always more like raucous. Than my uh, oh yeah, these streets are packed with kids, in and they're all just these running around unsupervised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's always just packs of eight year olds just screaming and like cheering. Yeah, like wow, and, Halloween and is crazy in Ohio. Every house just has like nineteen pumpkins leading up the walkway, <laughs> all you know lit up yeah. and everything. Yeah, they go I, out of their way. I do love the looks of some of these great Halloween trick or treating towns. That's probably my favorite. Halloween time horror aesthetic mm-hmm. is these houses with the uh, the big sidewalks and the big uh, grass uh, curbs. Absolutely, you know, it's, like it's Americana. It's it's yeah. the same thing as any kind of like Norman. It's you know, that's like almost like Norman Rockwell for Halloween. Sure, that kind of ideal. Yeah, exactly. It's just been it's had that look so many different times on film, mm-hmm. and yeah, all these streets. Uh, outside of McDonald's Street there in Santa Rosa, I've never been a part of a packed Halloween street. Destination Halloween, you know. Right. Well, you know, the movie's like, well, we're not very interested in the street with every other house's lights out. Yeah. Overgrown shrubs, you know. <laughs> but it's funny that so many more trick-or-treat movies don't play. They always play up like a happy trick-or-treat scene. There might be a murder uh, going on without people realizing it, but they rarely do the... Uh, trick-or-treaters go to the spooky house mm-hmm. it's way more common weirdly enough to have just fun during the trick-or-treating um but yeah so we decided it might be fun to talk about since there's so many different movies we can't just talk I about know. every we instance might as well, of trick-or-treating might as well movies. talk about some movies on this movie yeah. podcast uh you had the great idea to go through three movies that focus on trick-or-treat whether the movie itself justifies being called that or not yeah when yeah when compiling this uh trick-or-treat triple feature i yeah thought of uh yeah we thought of three movies that have that in the title and two of them have trick-or-treating occurring yeah and one of them is like well we can't we just gotta call it something halloween we have to call it something yeah so uh, <laughs> should we start with should we go chronological let's go chronological because yeah okay. we have uh 1982's trick-or-treats Trick or treats, super low budget, a weird movie that happens to have a lot of recognizable names in it. It'd be like Evil Dead had five people who went on to do bigger things. Right, it's kind of this level. Uh, then we have Trick or Treat, 
which somehow that wasn't the first one of the options taken. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not sure why the treats was pluralized in I, the first movie. Yeah, it doesn't really. Uh, but so Trick or Treat from 1986 is a rock biopic with the uh, rock biopic. <laughs> About Sammy Kerr, uh, a straight autobiography. It's a heavy metal horror movie. Uh, uh, with nothing does, to do with trick-or-treating. It does take place, I think, there's a Halloween, uh, you know. He, yeah, there's it a, takes it place, takes place Halloween. on Halloween night. It's one of those things where Halloween happens, you know, at the stroke of midnight, this crazy thing. But so literally the words trick-or-treat are never uttered. Never, never uttered in the movie. Uh, and then we have the more recent cult favorite, mm-hmm. uh, 2007's trick R treat or pirate theme trick or treat trick or treat movie yeah was that 2007 yeah 07 09 depending on the release a lot of people know that one from the kid with the bag head yeah sack uh, boy sack head yeah that's a really boy. that's definitely like one of the bigger horror cult films of the last decade uh depending on your thoughts on it for a movie that wasn't released in the theaters mm-hmm. got to be one of the biggest direct to video it's got a lot of fans. Of yeah, the last decade. It's got a lot of fans. That, like, that's an anthology movie, so it's got a lot of good segments that uh-huh. come together. It's been, kind of at the it's end. It's one of those uh, cult favorites that's had like uh, rumors of a sequel ever since the oh, first right. one finally came out. So for, it's like been ten years of like, it's on the schedule. The director wants <laughs> Anna, to do it. Anna Paquin yeah. wants to return. Yeah, right. it's always those kind of. They like, got Paquin. Where they interview someone, they're like, yeah, sure, that'd be fun. Dylan Baker's back Headline. in Headline, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dylan Baker signs on to, it's like, that's f- for five years ago. Uh, but yeah, of the three, we'll go into our favorite one after. Which one best embodies the, okay. who wins the title of best movie named Trick or Treat? Uh, <laughs> but I do have a soft spot for the cheapness of Trick or Treats. Trick or Treats definitely is the one that I think has... It, honestly, it has too much trick or treating. If I'm this be movie fair with is you. there's about nine different trick or treating <laughs> scenes. Uh, yeah, it's a cla- It's your classic escaped mental patient. Yeah, going after the babysitter on Halloween night mm-hmm. with a butcher knife. Except clearly written to be mostly a, like a comedy until it decides to get gory and then back to a comedy. But it's a very strange like smut comedy. Yeah, it's that. Dude, that was... It's a weird... It's kind of a weird movie. It's it's actually a very strange movie. Go to... If you kind of dig into it Look at the catalog bit. of Vinegar Syndrome mm. from 1980 to 1983. Just look up that range. This was a style of that time. The smut comedy horror. Like, stuff was really, like, slutty and... <laughs> you think, like, a softcore could break out at any minute, even if it never does? The woman, our heroine... Was a softcore actress. Oh right, in the seventies. Wow. Um, I'm I'm forgetting her name, but she's in yeah, my, she's in like a couple of women in prison kind of movies like that. Uh, Sweet Sugar, and then in nineteen, you know, the early eighties, she's the the scream queen in a horror comedy that doesn't bill itself as a comedy. It's an overt comedy. These jokes aren't by accident, but it bills itself as a straight up slasher movie. It's a weird vibe throughout this whole whole movie that if you're into it, I think you're into it. The vibe begins right off the bat with yeah. uh, with Peter Jason being taken away to the Dude. mental institution in one of the most what a what a crazy uh, <laughs> fighting in a pool with a straight jacket. I will say the the movie could have had nothing seen. else good in it. 
I would have been still on board with the movie just for the cold open. Yes. Oh my god. Uh, well, so our, our, our favorite Peter Jason. Peter Jason is one of the most beloved men <laughs> on this show. Uh, I love the guy. Uh, yeah. We recently uh, gushed all about him in our uh, Prince of Darkness episode. Absolutely. One of the key Jason roles. But this is like early 80s horror slasher where he's the killer role. And uh, you get this intro. Oh, my God. This is the this is like an unheralded they live type fight scene. Mm-hmm. There is a comedic <laughs> yeah, totally. element and then just an absolute unhinged, cheap, we're doing our own stunts element to it that is... With Peter Jason just thrashing about and wailing Dude, and Peter Jason is playing a, it is a god uh, at ten in this right scene. off the bat. Peter Jason is such this. If he did no other, I don't know if it's better that he went on to be such a genre kind of fun icon, mm-hmm. or if he had gone on to do super serious stuff after this. People are like, look at this crazy <laughs> Peter Jason role because I could have seen his career being a lot more like serious guy kind of absolutely kind of roles. Yeah, he has yeah. that kind of good face, you know, hair that silvered up nicely well, as I was gonna he say, got he, older. He could, he could be a guy that plays a general. In a general, a lot. politician. Yeah, exactly. Like, he could have done that instead of being in a bunch of cool trash. A <laughs> <laughs> um, bunch of cool-ass Carpenter movies and other stuff. Yeah, right. He still, I still see him in stuff. He was in the uh, Zach Galifianakis show, Baskets. Oh, cool. He plays, like, his uncle. So there that's a go. recurring role. So you're still getting like 75 year old. I love it, Peter Jason. And still stuff. looks great. And yeah, he still looks exactly like Peter Jason, just an old guy with a big <laughs> belly. Uh, but he's so good in this. And that first scene is beautiful. They never tell you why he's like no! what he did. And I love it. The, it's it's, it's this beautiful. It opens on this. Uh, you know what? Late 30s, early 40s, husband and wife out by their pool, having a mm-hmm. of their modest but. He's reading the Wall Street class. Journal. She got bacon and eggs in front of both her plates. Yeah. She's just casually like smoking, and he's just buried in his paper, not talking to her. And then the men in the white coats show up at the door, and she's clearly hatched this plan to have her husband just Taken sent away. to the asylum. We get no explanation if he's even crazy or not, which I love. Yeah, that's true, too. Like, this could be a wife screwing this guy over and just wrongly placing him, or it could, he could be a nightmare human being also, who's been yeah. actually going crazy. We don't actually know. The movie plays it pretty convincingly both ways without, kind of without, I think, trying to do so. <laughs> the movie just uh, keeps it vague. Mm-hmm. I like it. But Peter Jason, man, when those two big burly dudes in the white coats come up with the handcuffs and straight jacket, and I love how he plays it like, Joan? Joan, what, what's the meaning of this? <laughs> Joan, what's happening here? <laughs> And this thing, like I said, when I called it like the they live of straight jacketing seeds, it goes on for like eight minutes of them chasing Peter Jason around the yard. And it is filmed. (laughs) What's even better? One shot. This film is by Orson Welles' cinematographer. We later found out. The man who recently uh, worked on re editing and cutting uh, the legendary Other Side of the Wind. Which is, should still be on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Uh, Orson Welles' like last movie, like unfinished film. Yeah. yeah, this guy was like cutting that movie. It's Gary Graver. Gary Graver, and before that, he made a lot of like Al Adamson cheap horror movies. A lot of smut. Cinematographer, <laughs> yeah. editor, 
yeah. uh, and director, yeah, and writer and director of this movie. And so there's an Orson Welles connection in this movie in that Orson Welles was the magic supervisor. Orson Welles has a credit in Trick or Treats. Yeah, a $55,000 yeah. cheap slasher movie. That's crazy. And Orson Welles has an actual contribution to the movie where since he was obsessed with magic, which is cool, coolest guy to be like, I love the con <laughs> art of sense. magic, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah, Gary Graver worked on, wasn't he like a uh, photographer on... F for fake. F for fake, and then his credits are like all these Orson Welles shows. The Orson Welles Mystery Hour. Mystery Hour. Orson Welles Presents. Exactly. Like, like he was clearly, he shot but it's all, all through the 70s. Yeah. So like this guy was clearly a close confidant. And he's st- like you said, he's still working. He's got 140-something director credits alone. Yeah. Several hundred cinematography credits. And he just made this credits. weird, early 80s, cheapy, oddball comedy Half the movie's taken up by family members of his. Yeah, his, his son, kids. The whole, right? His son is practically the lead in this movie. Real, oh, and he's great. Real face for, <laughs> for an editor, let me tell you. And his wife, who, man, good work, Gary Graver, even appears in an awesome <laughs> role. <laughs> Gary Graver has this like weird, fat-faced Dom DeLuise of a seven-year-old, and his wife is this total babe Playing like a film editor who's scared of horror movies. Oh yeah. my gosh. Where did this kid come from? Like, what Graver. does Gary Graver look like? I don't want to know. <laughs> but it's like a whole family affair, yet, actual name people are in this movie. Derry, David Carradine slimes it up. Oh my God. So, so this movie is just like oh. one inappropriate guy after another, basically. Oh, assaulting yeah. or harassing this babysitter yeah. as she's trying to babysit Every, this kid. When I say so, this started movie, with David Carradine. Uh, yeah, this movie, the woman, like I said, was oh, yeah. in some softcore-ish kind of or hard R X-rated stuff in the seventies. Jacqueline Garo. Yeah, Jackie Garo. Now her thing also says she's the co-founder and a director of Global Universal Film Group. Yeah, I mean, she's, and she's an expert in film financing and yeah, she's business. super involved in the she's film like a industry. Business. Yeah. This movie has that. That's a lot of these cool. Gary uh, Gary Garber or kind of movies have that vibe of the early Corman stuff, where a yeah. lot of actual talent and people that got continued gigs in this work did these low budget kind of movies. He's more unheralded for that kind of stuff. But just looking like, all right, David Carradine agreed to be in this movie, and he didn't dog it. He put some sleaze factor out on that screen. He left he left some a memorable imprint. It was from the yeah. For a guy that I love and has been in some of the best genre stuff of, of a whole decade, he put a weird twist on this character that I don't think was on the written page. Mm-hmm. He was this kind of predatory husband uh, who He's the new husband. The, the new the husband wife who got rid of Peter Jason now is Yeah the wife that had Peter with. Jason committed. Oh dude the I I keep this fight. Oh my god! I want to make sure we give proper credit to this fight. I don't want to veer off anymore. Uh, what was your favorite part of the fight? Where he's hanging from the tree when Peter Jason. Or- <laughs> well, well, so the part of the brilliance of this Peter Jason performance in this scene that is like one well, uncut take. We got into his cinematography. I could have seen this in Evil Dead. There's a lot of like point of view camera and a lot of like mm-hmm. zoom ins on uh, Bruce Campbell. I'm like, oh. This guy takes a wide shot 
from the other side of the backyard so you can just kind of take in the chaos yeah, yeah. that Peter Jason is causing. Just like shoving a table on a guy and like, you know, going between another guy's legs. It's this total Looney Tunes kind of fight. But there's, it looks like, oh man, these guys are all doing their stunts. Peter Jason shouldn't, you know, he, any one of these guys could have pulled a pulled an ace, torn ACL. I'm just thinking about running near a pool, man. That's and, a big oh, yeah. no-no. Well, they also do some some great Rick Dalton kind of poolside running. You yeah. know, you and uh, <laughs> you know, it is you know a slick surface. You guys can't do full out sprints around here. But part of the brilliance of Peter Jason's performance is how he goes uh, throughout the performance as an innocent man into a more crazy looking man, mm-hmm. all in like all in real time. Pretty soon he's just like fending him off with a stick and just being like ah ah like making, making crazy noises, screaming yeah. noises. And when he finally like decides to escape by climbing a tree exactly. and just just limply hanging off a branch, and then he gets out of the tree and one of the attendants jumps in the tree, <laughs> jumps jumps on the same branch, wraps his legs around Peter Jason, yeah, and then kind of has is wearing him like a backpack. It's like and then the, he dumps him into the pool. The attendant got like a physical version of the duck season, rabbit season joke. <laughs> Just like, all right, well, now I'm going to get in the tree and see what happens then. We get a great pool tackle. One of the attendees takes a big like bump into the, you know, a great flipping bump oh, into the man. pool. And then Peter Jason's got one of the attendees just piggybacking. Mm-hmm. That guy was big. Those were some big Those fellas. Those were big dudes. And Peter Jason does a great fake fall into the pool his foot was right on the edge and he was lean and heavy it's like man i don't know how he didn't go over and then they do a big farther leap into the pool together like a great tackle oh and all this is in like practically not total real time because we get these great casually not as long as we've been talking about it (laughs) it was a long scene every scene in this movie was longer than you expect it to be uh yes there was a lot of long phone calls the great Steve Railsback appears for genuinely zero reason. No <laughs> point at Steve all. Steve Railsback to his literally does his whole performance over a telephone. <laughs> He's the boyfriend of the babysitter, and she was supposed to see his play, and he just keeps calling. I guess during intermission. Yeah, he keeps like calling in between. Let his her know set. how the, the play's going the well. The play's guys. going so good. I'm loving this crowd. And uh, no, he never shows up. Or yeah, you think becomes... he's going to be the guy to save her? No, he's at his play the whole night. But there's three different scenes of him talking to his girlfriend, like, "Oh, you got to babysit tonight, babe. It's opening night. You said you'd come." Like, yeah. What? And you, he never shows up. He just exists at his playhouse. Yeah. And Steve Rails back by that point was a guy working that was like when he was he was othello he was an acclaimed <laughs> yeah. but he was like was. uh in the stunt man before mm-hmm. this which was like who's this newcomer oh, yeah, young yeah. face guy and then it's like yeah i'll be in this fifty thousand dollar horror movie in three scenes as long as i don't have to show up on the set it's a weird it's a role for an older actor to take not like a a guy who is Getting starting to get young man lead actor type. Roles. I'm just trying to see who he was like related to in the cast. <laughs> sure. for him to get there was part. another rails back in there the were, credits. There were other rails backs doing like production design. So he must have been doing it as a favor to a friend. David Carradine is a genre type actor that I always respect more. He's a Ron Perlman type who I like that he does these kind of cheap movies. He doesn't feel cheapened by them. Mm-hmm. Like Ron Perlman worked a lot with first-time directors. Like he has a rule. Like if they pay my fee, I'll 
I'll work on a guy as long as it's his first movie. Right. Like, it's a cool thing. Uh, and David Carradine has that same vibe where he's, oh, he's turning in a, a cool, weird, new dad, slimy, hitting on the babysitter. I also like that in getting... And he never shows up again either. He's, no. He just gets that one and done. He's in it ick. for 15 minutes, but yeah. even in the opening credits, I like how it tells the paying audience that you're only getting so much Carradine. Oh, yeah. Right in Don't the middle of the credits, up. it says, guest starring David Carradine. <laughs> what? Uh, it was probably a big get. Yeah. So, but it's like the fifth credit in. So it's usually yeah. the guest featuring a guest, but usually a guest appearance by is not in a movie. It doesn't usually say guest starring. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. It if usually will just say with or and or something like that. If you're going to kind of be like, and, and also Anthony Hopkins <laughs> yeah, you, is in this for a minute. You know when like Bradford Dillman's guest starring on Columbo, you don't say guest starring David Carradine. Of, yeah. That's like a love boat kind of thing. Right. Not a, not a feature film. Not a feature film. And for it to come right in the middle of the credits to immediately make me go, okay, well, we know we're only seeing David Carradine in one shot. <laughs> you know? It really tells you that the end of the... So once he shows up 20 minutes in, you go like, well, we know that he's not coming back. Exactly. <laughs> we know we're never seeing him again. This is just a guest appearance. But he has this weird relationship with uh, his son, his stepson. Like, uh, I think there was... long stare down that, again, took much longer than Yeah, he just stares like at his have. kid. And he's, uh, he's overly smooth. He's sleazy. But there's yeah. also a smoothness to his hitting on the babysitter. Uh, he's got a couple of good lines. He's incorrigible. He's, uh, yeah. He's wearing his, like, there's also, a, for a movie that uh, is called Trick or Treats, it exclusively deals with the art of magic and dressing <laughs> up like a magician. Yeah, this bratty kid is a huge He's a huge Houdini magic head. head. Yeah. Yeah, he's a big huge Houdini. Houdini fan. A lot of the seven-year-olds are fascinated by Houdini. And but, like, even David Carradine and his new bride are like dressing up as a magician and magician's assistant for right. the Halloween party they're going to. She's wearing the little like short tuxedo with a <laughs> you know ruffled top and he's got we get a lot of great top hat Carradine acting. He's hitting on this this girl. Also I love how the girl's like 33. Clearly. Yeah, yeah. Cuz like I said, she was already doing uh pr- women in prison films. 10 years before this. this but this is a straight role for her. Apparently, when you're a babysitter with an agency, you show up in a jumpsuit uniform with a big zipper down the God. middle that is her, easily accessed. Her outfit was iconic. <laughs> <laughs> her outfit was so good, man. And then she changes out of that into a nighty for the last She's half got of the movie. A lot of shit going on in this movie. Knee-high silver glitter socks, little running shoes, and got the, the, the white short-alls jumpsuit yeah. with just a zipper down the front. Yeah, she basically looks like one of the, the blonde bombshell fembot vixens. Absolutely. Except as just like a baby, 80s babysitter. It's a cool role. It's a cool <laughs> role. It's a cool role for an actress. She seems great. But it's... I, I love... I don't think she's nude in the movie. She gets her blouse unzipped when Carradine's hitting right. on her. We see and her in a shower. there's obscure shower shots. Yeah, we don't get anything. But it's funny that she did all her like nudity in just 70s comedies. Well, this movie, and then a cheap slasher. She does not. This movie also really doesn't have much of a body count. No, there's, well, it's it's a lot of fakes because it's a bit the at kid the doing magic tricks for fifty minutes. Well, 
you know, it's so. Uh. <laughs> and then it's not just. I know, I know. I'm getting riled no, up now because no, this it. kid, this kid who fancies himself a, a fat Houdini, oh, is fat faced kid. He tr- he kind of does some magic tricks, like he makes puffs of smoke happen. But most of his stuff is basically like Harold and Maude level suicide fakes. Yeah, to, he has a lot of props to, to distress and upset the babysitter. That's and by halfway through this movie, Harold and Maude. I didn't think of that. He does that. He just it is Harold. He and just fake suicides himself like yeah. thirty times during this one night of babysitting. And by the end of it, she's really like hysterical. Yeah, this woman is. Flipping out, she's rightly having the so. worst time. But the yeah. movie's vibe is so weird because it it has that same kind of, uh, like I said, that era of cheapness. Mm-hmm. These movies from eighty to eighty three. I'm thinking of this comedy called Joysticks. Uh huh. Which is like I'm always like. Which is yeah. I have <laughs> I have my big Joysticks poster <laughs> upstairs. That's my like one of my non John Carpenter prints is just the Joysticks poster with a. It's a great poster. Oh, it's a great poster, uh, but the movie is the same as this. It cost like fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. It was made on the cheap, but has known actors like Joe Don Baker is in that. It's like some of these cheapies that uh, George Kennedy is in, and right. Joe Don Baker we've seen a lot, and that's kind of like this movie. But Joysticks feels more like a series of vignettes that they turned into a movie. This feels like that. That movie. Night Patrol that we somehow uh-huh. watched felt like that. Those movies played the theater. These movies seem so charmingly amateur. Like, this could not play in a theater. Yeah, no, there's today. a long stretch of this Trick or Treats movie where really nothing of value happens. No, it is the, all just the kid, these the different comedy her, bits. The kid will trick her, laugh, say something inappropriate. She'll get frustrated. Then the doorbell will ring. A random group of trick-or-treaters will show up. Yeah. Sometimes it's a teenage kid. Sometimes it's a drinking adult. Sometimes oh, it's a little kid who's very the appreciative. drinking adult. But we get every kind of like, we get nine different like scene breaks. That's what breaks up this whole movie is all That's the trick-or-treating trick vignettes. <laughs> That's why it felt like an episode of You Can't Do That on Television. Like they would just go back, ding-dong, then she'd like, now... Jackie, what, Jackie Giroux? Giroux. Giroux. She has a lot of pseudonyms. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she would use her real name during doing the X-rated movies, and other times it would be like Robin Whitting. Right, You know, right. or all those kind of names. Uh, and she was great, though. I got to give her for, her full props for a role that uh, <laughs> requires a lot of her. She has to, she requires a, a lot of the um, not just really emotional heft, but she's just reacting to things, which is tough. Mm-hmm. It's a tough role. And I love how she gets more and more frazzled by the trick-or-treaters. Oh, like, yeah. She goes from like, this night is, this woman's just having a terrible night. And she's great at being just like, oh, my God. Like, And now you, the door. You would not believe the night I'm having. Exactly. When she gets to the point where she's just throwing candy at kids, <laughs> that's great. That kind of stuff's great. I do like that. <laughs> but it seemed like they they gave the kids no directions. No, they... some of these kids were looking <laughs> off camera. That one kid was just like punched his brother in the chest Well, the, and during it, the middle of a take. The one kid's like mumbled something like, I did get, uh, you got more. And, and she's just like it. improving with him like, uh, oh, yeah, 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 I'll give you more, sure. And that's the kid just know... like looks off camera and, oh. That's how you know it's a cheap movie mm. when there's about three different times where she keeps getting the creepy phone calls from the escaped yeah. Peter Jason. And this, 
Jacqueline has such a hard time hanging up the phone in this movie. There's about three different times where she's like, she's just clanking this thing all over over different, just mashing it all into the nightstand. That's the take. That's the take. She is, yeah, (laughs) not a clean hanger upper. And yeah, I love that. (laughs) The movie. Oh my god, we get so many magic trick pranks from this kid. This kid is just slowly home aloneing her to death. None of them are harming her. He's just. It's like the water torture. Of Home Alone he just gags. Won't stop though. Every scene, he's jumping out at her. He's and that's trying some, to scare. He's at a certain point, her. she gets like totally defeated, where she's just like, "Can can we stop?" I'm that's tired. when he, that's when she starts to win. When she's, she's like, just I'm basically done. like, "I'm done. I'm really? not going to react to this anymore." Yeah, she's. I don't have the energy <laughs> to react to any of these pranks that have just been mercilessly wrought on me tonight. And what is great though is Peter Jason, who eventually, years later, escapes from his mental hospital. We also get great Peter Jason in the mental hospital oh, scenes. And Those scenes were giving me so much anxiety. I hate mental all the mental scenes, man. They just, I hate them. But the Even way when they, they're played comedically, it just stresses exactly. me out. They just shot this in like one big room, when, and they just told a bunch of people, just spaz out in the yeah. background. Just make a bunch of noise and just tip get things too over close to and each just other. lick each other and... Yeah. Mime doing things and like, shove that, stuff in your face holes. That's what drives you crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and whenever it's just like, and since I said every scene in this movie goes on like minutes longer than you'd expect, a phone call with Steve Rails back. It's like, how's he talking on the phone for eight minutes during the middle of playing Othello? Yeah. Like, we do get the great scene of a conversation going on so long with Steve Rails back that the dude behind him. He's just this mustache-faced old man in the frame the whole time listening in on the call. Just get this weird Very old strange. man face next to him the whole time. This long, long conversation. Kind of like at the mental institution where it's just someone too close, like over your yeah. shoulder the Somebody's whole time. Somebody's always just shoving their like, face in the ah, camera. Get off me. But I love Ick. Peter Jason as the guy who who doesn't think he belongs there while all the doctors are like, this guy's fucking crazy. Still walking that line. Yeah. And Peter Jason's the guy like, tonight's the night. I'm breaking out of here. He's like pinky in the brain in the mental hospital. Absolutely. But he's so good as that. And then he finally gets out. He's in drag for a third of the movie. We get a lot of Peter Jason in drag. This is the some of the most Peter Jasons in a movie. And it comes in trick-or-treats. But, oh, the movie is just a series of vignettes. Like, But some of it works. I'm kind of into it. I kind of have a soft spot. I think for the ending this kind is of cheapness. Uh, the ending is great. Actually, he chases when this he, girl through the house. The for final chase, fifteen minutes through the house, upstairs and downstairs, into yeah. the back shed, out the back shed. Oh, back I'm glad upstairs. those back stairs got used. Yeah, when he got dragged away by the men in white coats, I saw that cool backyard staircase to the house. Oh, I always loved that. It was a that whole end chase is great. Oh, the music's yeah. great. Uh-huh. She's got a great. Scream face when she finds her friend who's been killed. Uh-huh. Uh huh. All a, of that is like she's totally, an aspiring totally actress. I love her studying acting throughout the movie. I thought she was great. I loved her in this. The kid, man, what a the coach's son kind of performance from a kid. This kid is like a tiny, like I said, a tiny Dom DeLuise. Every time he plays a prank on this girl or tricks her into thinking he's dead, then he'd have some weird kind of like waka waka kind of response before running out of the room like Bugs Bunny. It was all yeah. it was all like she's like, "Oh, I wish they'd put you on a rocket to the moon." He'd be like, "I got a rocket for you." You're like, "Jeez, this kid's like 7. Who is this kid? 
Who is this chunk? Well, what's funny is that he's got like six acting credits and then 40 camera and electrical department credits. Oh, I'm sure he worked on all the stuff his dad did cinematography for. I'm assuming if we look through them, it's going to be a lot of uh, Gary Graber productions. It's a family production, man. I love it. I love those. I'm not faulting it. No, it's it's great. It's just so funny. It's like the Sofia Coppola effect. Yeah. It's just like, you can't just put your kid in a movie, man. I don't oh, know. man. I, I'm sorry. I love Sofia Coppola. That's a, that's a tough one. She makes great movies. This kid is way better than Sofia Coppola, ones. by the she way. Is, he is. This kid is, 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 and at the end, we get the final great shot you know, that's really rips off Michael We get Myers. the Friday. We, well, <laughs> and we get, it's basically a Friday the 13th. Oh, yeah, kind of the same. Cut. Yeah, yeah. The kid's big heel turn. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the Peter Jason gets a great gurgly death scene. Yeah. You know, he's a he's a total maniac. This guy he's he did all his own stunts. He was running through a house slamming into things, you know, with those him getting wrestled by the the guards is <laughs> is some impressive stuff. We also get a cameo. I don't know if you noticed this woman. Mm. We get a weird you talk about when it feels like a smutty like it it feels like Kentucky fried movie. Mm-hmm. In, a, in a lot of ways, oh yeah, that kind of like just sex, sex smut comedy. And Paul Paul Bartel shows Paul up. Bartel shows up as a scene. drunk so bum. That, yeah. Paul Bartel always, you know, he's it. He was like kind of in John Watersy type stuff, you know, and so you know it has like a little bit of extra film if Paul Bartel's in it. Uh, the scene where Peter Jason mugs Paul Bartel is a classic movie interaction. I didn't know I wanted so badly. Yeah, for two guys I love, I've never thought like. Man, I wish there could be a scene with Peter Jason and Paul Bartell just going back and forth. It felt very improved, where he was mugging a, a bum for his clothes yeah. to get out of drag, and Paul Bartell underwear too, like and he's doing it. You yeah. want my underwear? Yeah, I love it. Paul but, Bartell always shows up for two minutes in a movie, and he always has like three of the funniest reads. Yeah, him in Gremlins or him in Piranha as the camp. Oh, of course, that's <laughs> yeah, a like, classic. Mm. Oh, he's in Chopping Mall, you know? Like, yeah, give me 90 seconds of Paul Bartell. Love that guy. But the other one you were going to mention... The log lady. Is, uh, yeah. As, as a horny nurse. As the nurse. When she was doing the... She she gets interviewed to the camera and was doing that. I was like, I know this person. Uh-huh. I know her so it much. It hits you when she's looking at the camera and kind of fidgeting. It hits you. You realize who it is. Catherine Coulson. Yeah. You, it finally hits you and just like And isn't she like a longtime Lynch collaborator? Like Yeah. It's like so this movie gets like, like weird, herself. cool people in it, you know? And yeah. it's just it's so cheap and it's such a failure in so many ways and it it does not need to be even what is it, like at ninety minutes? This is like a seventy five, seventy minute movie. But it's kind of endearing. Yeah. It's got like shitty music. It's got like some cheap library score that doesn't really match the. <laughs> it's got bad costumes on the kids, just like three clowns. Really, you just got totally like we don't want to just make them all three. No, clowns. I think I honestly, like I said, I think the kids just they told them show up in your Halloween costume, treat it like you're just trick or treating. She'll like say some things to your at treat her like a normal house. Yeah, I on think your that's route. Exactly what happened, <laughs> and it came off kind of like kids not knowing what to do, and uh, yep. Oh, pretty standard. But it's also kind of something that you should watch right now on Amazon Prime. I know it's free to watch. Might as well. It's free. I mean, it's it should be watched. I would definitely recommend it to people over over a lot of other stuff. All right. So yeah, trick or treats. Yeah. Well, uh, you can also watch the next one we're going to talk about. You can find that on YouTube. 
Uh, <laughs> it is, yeah. Yeah. Don't bother renting it on Amazon or wherever. I don't even know if it's on there, but find it on YouTube. It has that cool VHS style quality print. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, <laughs> Old school. It, yeah, just look up Trick or Treat 1986. I think you can find yeah, it on full YouTube. Two, the full 100 minute movie, Too Long, uh, is on there. Talk about it. We saw this in the theater. We did. Uh, one of a those year or two nights. ago. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, I had never seen it before, seeing it in the theater. And this movie is like 25 minutes of a movie that I am into. I like a lot of this movie. Yeah, Trick or Treat. I no, honestly, Not an ounce of trick or treating in it. I think they must have just gone through like a list of you know movie titles and been like, how is the name Trick or Treat not Yeah, how's nobody taken? used this? So... Because it's it, it has nothing to do it it takes place on Halloween but it really is not associated with the no. Halloween Americana kind of stuff that we've been talking about. Yeah, there's no trick or treating. There's no like nothing like that. And uh, it's why it, not like heavy metal Halloween? Like it's a heavy metal movie. It's so cool. Like something it's about like a metalhead. Yeah, it's about a metal guy, uh, uh, a teenage metalhead bully. Yeah. Or, or, teenaged metalhead who is bullied. Yeah, a bullied and, metalhead. Uh, his rock god dies yeah and he gets the acetate studio pressing of his last recordings that then summons him back to life so he can wreak havoc there's it's kind of like carrie it's like nightmare on elm street it's like nightmare on elm street but it's also heavy metal 80s hair band yeah well the band halloween fast way does all the music fast way fast way was like uh fast eddie clark from motorhead that was his Mm. post motorhead band and couple other it was a real life fast eddie yeah fast Love eddie that. man hey what's that what's that creep fast eddie that doing fast on this eddie? score uh, <laughs> but this movie is uh so going in blind i'm already uh, a fan of like heavy metal genre movies oh absolutely heavy metal horror stuff is is always a given if the main character is a metalhead yeah like uh, check out deathgasm We'll eventually do a Deathgasm episode. Deathgasm's great. There was another recent one that I really liked. It's 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 coming back as more of a thing. Because yeah. you're getting because metal and, and horror are back as oh yeah, we're peanut butter and chocolate. But That's, it's that very ex, you know, explicit like this one especially, like that eighties oh yeah arena heavy. This metal. feels like a, a full feature uh like the cartoon heavy metal. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. This feels like a full hundred minute segment on heavy metal but with a real kid you can picture this as a co- animated comic mm-hmm. this kid getting bullied at school and the opening though this movie is for me a pretty strong first third and then eventually when it becomes just the story about the dead rock singer i am gone mm. we get a lot of that dude it's like they got a solid gold dancer it was like <laughs> act like horror david lee roth and I'm pretty sure I made horror David Lee Roth sound cooler than it is in execution. It's tough to, it's a tough look. It's to tough pull to off. sustain. <laughs> I I think the main problem is there's a I, reason why they got bullied. Yeah, I don't like how the the Sammy Kerr looks. I don't like this. It feels still too solid gold. Yeah, hmm. it's like the the gay gymnastics dance competition D Snyder. Yeah. Like, doesn't doesn't quite work. It's a little but, too much of the makeup and hair. Yeah, kind of. I mean, we have a member of Kiss in this movie. We have Ozzy Osbourne making an appearance. Yeah, but it is G- very much of that kind of <laughs> man. 
<laughs> it's so funny to have like it's a movie by people that clearly love heavy metal who make weird choices about what type of heavy metal they present. Because mm. in the kid's bedroom, he has a bunch of cool, like, metal posters. Like, oh, yeah. cool Aussie bark at the moon, like, blacklight kind of poster. Got a great metalhead kid's room. It's uh, Skip from Family Ties. It is. <laughs> the friend is uh, the metalhead in question. Mark Price. Mark Price, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's got, oh, a drool-worthy couple shelves of records. And they show off some of the, yeah, some of the Looking vinyl. through some heavy metal records, and metal records from that era are so pricey, you know? Oh, yeah. I have a feeling a lot of metal heads weren't the ones like, hey, man, no, 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 you gotta, like, you don't, you gotta lift the needle off slowly off of that Exodus <laughs> album, you know? Well, even in, in the movie, Gene Simmons, as the radio DJ, is handling what he claims to be the only known <laughs> copy of hey, this guy's back. record. And he just like throws it in the little paper thing. Yeah, throws like, it in the oh, sleeve. You get your fingers all over it. I'm just watching him, just being like, oh, you're smudging. Uh. It's so funny in the I mean, opening credits when it's like all these cool metal names, like yeah, Gene Simmons, you know, Ozzy Osbourne. You're like, whoa, they're getting all the metalheads in the this. Osman. Gene Simmons is basically playing if Billy Crystal was a rock DJ. <laughs> He's actually playing almost like a Ted Nugent type, like cowboy hat. Yeah. He's got, uh, like, heavy got the metal cowboy ears, but he's got the Billy Crystal when Harry met Sally beard. Definitely. <laughs> you can picture him oh. in that sweater. And he's, he's got he's, kind of the short, more Billy Jewish Crystal man. hair. Yeah. He's got the Billy Crystal <laughs> hairline. Exactly the same. He does have that look. Except he's just like, in his Gene Simmons voice, like, look, kid, I love heavy metal. And it's just like, oh, I'm not sure I'm buying this Gene Simmons kind of scene. But I'm loving Mark Price in the scene, who's just the like, Man, nobody at school, like, they pick on me because I like metal. And then he's, they're talking about this Sammy Kerr. Like, oh. He's the only one that understood me, yeah, man. This is the ultimate. This is a kid that in a different movie would have been, uh, like you said, Carrie. Yeah. The yeah. movie feels like it's going a cool Carrie direction. And I was kind of like leaning into that. Like, yeah, all right. We get a weird Carrie. And then it's like, okay, a Carrie with Nightmare on Elm Street. No, we're just going to. Explore, and suddenly it's like horror Eddie and the Cruisers. Well, then it's like this kid wants to get revenge on these bullies who've been after him. And I was down when it was a bully revenge story. Right. Because we got good some bullies. good bullies. Good bullies. Strong bullies. All-time class. In the first 30 minutes that I'm in love with, yeah. we get an all-time classic bully chase. The 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 Yeah, very much like out of Karate Kid where he mm-hmm. tricks the bullies into leading them on this chase. But this one goes through the school, and oh, they yeah. have to. They you have get a to, real layout of the school. They have to do the fast walk through the library, and they're oh, all the bu- going over band members. Oh, they knocking room. over the tuba member. Oh yeah, all the bullies did Love a it. really great take on the uh, fast walk. Once you're uh, walking past the lifeguard, yeah, like you ran when you're behind <laughs> him, and then you do the like really fast walk, uh, uh, penguin waddle. They do that like. Yep. Chest puffed out, walk through the library yep. to be quiet. Don't be, don't be suspicious. Yeah, like, like the these dudes. They just they have they do have reverence for the library. I uh-huh. do appreciate that. I appreciate that. they <laughs> potentially might murder a student, but they respect the grounds laid by you know Mrs. Wazdotsky in the library. Exactly. You know they're going to respect that. Oh, they're man. not animals. It's the, yeah. that level of bully that I never really saw, luckily, growing up, of these bullies might kill this boy. Metalheads got targeted. 
in these movies and maybe in the 80s. Maybe these movies were all yeah. made by metalheads that got targeted by bullies. It's amazing to me the just amount of assault that goes on in these <laughs> yeah. in these teenage high school movies. Yeah. Like that's actual that's criminal crazy. behavior and yeah. assault and battery. And so the it's a great chase because kids are just spilling out, eating shit. And the best kind of shit, you know, like falling over a table or sliding on the the inner hallway floor. Exactly. Slamming oh, yeah. into lockers he's as running, they come around a corner. He's running through the hallway, and there's like a mop bucket placed in the middle of the hallway that he can, yeah t- that he tosses over. So they dumps and, water like across and then the yeah the bullies are the bully one like jumps over a desk like it's the hood of a car. Yeah. It's great. Just Beauregard dukes it over this desk and Love just it. ends up covered with like schmutz all over this truck. Like, <laughs> man, these guys are falling and like, it's great. Yeah, there's there's like an actual intensity to the, you know, when they're chasing down Daniel Russo. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in Karate Skippy Kid. Here. Like, damn, like they are running hard and they want, they see red. It's mm-hmm. scary, man. Never exactly. saw this stuff, thank God. And so once I think like, this guy's going to get heavy metal revenge on polo shirt wearing bullies yes he gets that great the blackest black acetate Mm -hmm. from gene simmons sammy kerr's final recordings this is it gives it to the metalhead like gives it to him like he's you know a true believer yeah you're the one yeah sammy would have wanted you to have it but you're going to play it at midnight. Yeah. Oh, I yeah, got, they're going to play yeah, it at midnight. I on got Halloween, it on yeah. tape. You know, like, yeah, gives us this ass tape. Yeah. And then we get the cool, like, metalhead in his room with his big empty speaker cabinets and just filth. And probably he's got, like, a couple of porno mags <laughs> under his bed, you know. Cool metal kid bedroom. Cool. Me- probably has yeah. some M80s, you know. <laughs> cool metal kid. Exactly. Uh, Mom is Elaine Joyce. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The Broadway trained and then the 80s horror star, uh, Elaine Joyce. Oh, always love her. Always very toothy and good mom. Good mom. She's a good exasperated mom in this one. Yeah. My I metal, just don't understand. My metalhead son. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, just cranking his fast away records. Yeah. He, he starts hearing the messages in the record. Oh, and we get good back backwards. masking. Yeah. Yeah. So there's all that kind of cool stuff. But then once Sammy Kerr actually shows up, then he's like, oh, no, I didn't want uh, this. Yeah, this was not what I wanted. I don't want this. It's cold feet on the revenge murder. Yeah, and then it becomes Sammy going after him. Yeah. And and it just goes on for <laughs> it a It's not it what I on. wanted. But, it goes on a long time. But there's no, yeah, and then there's a Halloween dance and stuff. So there is some of that. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's a real stretch to call this movie Trick or Treat. Yeah. Real stretch. False advertising. Could've been, it could have been a much cooler... You know, like pick one of the songs that you you hear. You know, they're, sure. They're always like, yeah, I I I more enjoyed "Fuck with Fire" or whatever <laughs> from the catalog. It's like, give me one of those heavy metal songs as the title of this movie, right? Yeah, that'd be you. Got, it's a little bit of a coward. I think the one in uh, on YouTube that I at least watched the actual title card says "Ragman." Ragman, which was I looked it up because I was like, what? It doesn't what. <laughs> I've never, never heard of that, and it—that's the uh, title that it was given in West Germany, huh? When that was a thing, saw so the German and, and upload. I think Ragman maybe is the kid's like nickname, the main kid, huh? Like he calls himself, signs off as your friend Ragman. Oh, when he's like writing to Sammy Kerr, yeah, who he then doesn't want, and then Sammy Kerr wants to kill, yeah, yeah. This movie was like a Dino De Laurentiis production. It was. It was. <laughs> I mean. 
what the hell happened with Trick or Treat? And it's directed by uh, Charles Martin Smith. Oh. Who is actually better known as uh, as an actor. He's the guy with glasses in The Untouchables. He's the oh, nerdy sure. untouchable. Oh, he's great. Like American Graffiti. He's in a ton of stuff. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The yeah. little nerdy guy in American Graffiti. Exactly. Oh, that's that's weird. He's, and he this is his... This? I looked up... This is his first directorial movie. Mm-hmm. Not the last? No. He... You want to know what he directed? Yeah. Uh, the one you probably know is uh, a little movie called Air Bud. Oh, he did a he did Air Bud one. He did. He the, did OG Bud, the original. Wow. Air Bud from 1997. This guy's already got a little clout. Uh, he did. After that, he went on to make such films as Dolphin Tail. Okay. Dolphin sure. Tail two. Both of them. Legend and, uh, of Curly's Gold. Most recently, A Dog's Way Home. Oh, okay. So that's where he's A lot at. of animal-based movies and not- Family and stuff. Much less heavy metal horror movies. Kind of kind of weird that that's his first it's one. It's a coward's way out to not allude to the fact that you're heavy metal <laughs> in the title. Yeah. They got, they got too uh, desperate by naming it Trick or Treat. Like I said, heavy metal Halloween. Bring in the metalheads. Instead of metalhead word of mouth, Bad word of mouth. I think they could have done better. Yeah, could have done better. Trick or treat. Yeah, it, I think it's just and, as you say. Wait, nobody's used this title, and that's probably why the 2007 movie had to go with the apostrophe R. Trick or treat. He's like, well, somebody already used trick or treat in a movie that has nothing to do with trick or treating. Yeah, somebody just tripped over themselves to Thanks. ruin it for everyone. It's a lot, Dino. That was probably Dino's yeah. idea. Check out on <laughs> before we get into our final yeah, yeah. Uh, of our triple feature. Check out the first half hour or so of trick or treat on youtube and then if you like it keep going if you like it dip keep, if you if the dip toe felt good go in up to the waist there's some cool there, there's a cool like bit where the uh, sammy kerr demon can like pull people out of a tv there's like yeah. some cool like there stuff there are there is cool stuff we're underselling the last 2 thirds just because it really long in the tooth yeah. and i don't like the sammy kerr character it could have been a really cool new way. I don't know. They could have gone a lot of different ways. I just don't find the guy's movements appealing. <laughs> it's clear he was a solid gold guy instead of an actual right, metal right. guy. I feel you. And uh, But it's got camp for days because of that. So F it. <laughs> Watch it on YouTube. It's it's You can have it on a background if, if you, you like bored. 80s metal. But at least, uh, yeah. our last one is probably the biggest cult hit of the group. Those are niche cult hits. This one is oh, yeah. straight up becoming one of like the most talked about movies every Halloween. Every year I see this movie get as much you know, talk as the heavy hitters. Yeah, and this is one that a lot of the horror fans like to like claim as one that they oh, yeah. discovered. I think that's the reason for this. We get a lot of that kind of popularity now. It's always like, oh yeah, I remember seeing Trick or Treat. At a film festival in 07. This is a movie that got famously shelved yeah. for reasons that haven't totally been explained ever. Uh, but was an expensive movie. It was like a $10 plus million dollar movie. A huge professional budget movie from, what, Warner Brothers? And then they just decided to not release it ever. Uh, until demand got and rumor got high enough that they what, just dumped it direct to video, direct to Blu-ray. So... I'd say it's probably the most successful direct-to-video movie of the last 10 years in terms of I don't think I see any others getting this much talk. Well, this movie, the little uh, sackhead kid, right? Sure. He is 
in any kind of you know art, anyone puts together a piece of art that's all the Halloween, yeah, and Freddy and Jason, they always throw him in. There. He is in there now. He is, which is crazy. People are trying to make him a thing, and I I feel like when what we said earlier about how this wants to be a a franchise, mm-hmm. they want to build a, a sackhead <laughs> yeah, franchise they, like I Michael Myers. Honestly, I can't believe that hasn't happened. Yeah. Uh, and, and this movie gets a lot of love. I think we're both kind of lower voters on it. We've never outright talked about it, but I think it's one of those movies that we both enjoy, but do not agree with like the, some people rank it as like one of the absolute best horror movies of the last decade. I think the uh, Saw movies aside, maybe, and maybe I will throw those in. I think the 2000s is a tough decade for horror. Yeah. You had a lot of the remakes, like The House of Wax mm-hmm. and the My Bloody Valentine a lot stuff. Of, a lot of Asian remakes. You had, yeah, you had I mean, the stuff ring, like The Ring the and ring The is, Grudge. The Ring is high class. That's but true. then when you were getting into The Grudge and the other ones, ugh, less so. I think I just wasn't, I, I don't think a lot of horror was appealing to me during that time There is period. not anywhere near as much super appealing. So when you, so when you <laughs> tell me, horror. hey, this Halloween anthology movie from 2007 is kind of fun. You should check it out. Like my inner guy is is just going. Eh, I don't yeah. know if it's going to be my thing because my thing no, is agree. not that era. I do not I was, like. Uh, I, I do not like a lot of the aesthetics of the and the looks and the digital stuff exactly. that was beginning to get used a lot during that era. Right, it's just not an era I like the to kind watch of as matrixy much. kind of effects that they just would give like someone walking through a party and and the like, <laughs> yeah. We really don't need bullet time. <laughs> For this Halloween party. <laughs> no, this doesn't have that. This... <laughs> but no, but what I was going to say is I was pleasantly surprised when this movie was actually fun and kind of dark. And So I remember when uh, uh, you first watched this because wow. I had seen it and you texted me one night and was like, yeah, I'm putting on this dumb looking, <laughs> <laughs> this real piece of shit 2007 hey, movie. What'd I say, right? I wasn't lying. It was like, yeah. it was one of those where it was like people, and I guess that people is you, yeah. uh, were telling me, hey, this is We a, were just like doing a like, hey, what do you watch right now? And I just put on this piece of shit. And uh, I remember I was like, no, I've seen that. It's pretty cool. And then you texted back 45 minutes later. You're like, yo, this is actually pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, and I that, think that's yeah, that's it. It's fair. And so I and I still like it. I think it's good. It's got since it has like a good budget. It's got this really great uh, kind of light Danny Elfman type score. Hmm. A big professional scu- studio like professional like this is a picture that cost money and has nothing but recognizable people in it, and does a lot of cool practical effects and other things, and you know doesn't just use a bunch of CGI. Yeah, and they get pretty gory, and they do a fun job of. It's an anthology, right? Right. I think that's mostly why people are so fond of it, because the anthology was a dry desert for a while. We had a lot of cool '80s and '70s anthology films, but the big budget anthology horror feature is not as hap. It's more of a Netflix series thing now. Exactly. Yeah, we were kind of bringing that up earlier talking it's a shutter original there's a lot of anthology happening on the small screen but you yeah you don't really get the prestige for big name directors coming together to each give you a short film type anthologies anymore yeah. and you're not really getting stuff like creep show anymore where yeah. it's heavy hitters so- delivering five <laughs> big good horror stories yeah and wrapping that into a movie yeah so yeah so this thing being successful i i 
I it's been a few years since I've watched it. You did a rewatch, so you can help me remember mm-hmm. some of the specifics. But I remember all the stories worked. Yeah, and they all came together at the end in a really not just cool at way. the end. They they str- they, they all swam together yeah. uh, all throughout. So you're it, it's all a bunch of stuff happening. It's it's really cool the way they did this, and I think. Uh, but again, it's one of those movies that gets really overpraised. Yeah. And so people are like acting like they brilliantly weaved this thing. And then this story builds off this one. It's like, no, they just show that a lot of these things are happening concurrently. Right. They did it very well. But it's it's they're not like, you know, Amores Peros. Well, it's situation like, or, right. you know, it's like link later and, you know, just like one character will walk by another character and then it picks up yeah. the story and it feels interwoven. It's not like the Christoph <laughs> Kislowski or anything, yeah. you know, but it's well done. It's it's not a it's cool to have a horror anthology that doesn't use the like, uh, you know, I like how Creepshow uses the graphic novel thing, but that's been done more to exactly. really show like here's our vignettes. I like that the movie didn't have like the tie around vignettes. It just showed you uh where each story was happening in relation to the other. Mm-hmm. So you'd see other characters pass by in other scenes on their own track. Exactly. That's and that's I mean. cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's so weird. The movie, I, I looked it up, cost $12 million. And then Warner Brothers did one of those things where like, well, we were going to release it on this date, but Saw 4 was coming out, so we didn't want the competition. <laughs> yeah. And then it's like when a studio weirdly decides, I'm afraid this movie won't make any money if we release it. So we're going to not release it and not make any money at all, which I don't really get. And yeah. So it always feels like some executive messing with some producer or somebody they don't like. Or is that just where the company is like, you know, we, you know, the, the Hollywood accounting, right? Mm-hmm. Where a movie can make $500 million and they write it off as a loss <laughs> somehow. Yeah. So maybe that was just where it was like, we need to say we lost money. Yeah, and then we don't pay any taxes again this year. And then, uh, we'll sorry, trick or, sn- sorry, trick or treat. Sn- yep, you're, you're the our, one. You're our tax escape. You happen to happen to be right. next release right when the accountants told and us. And then we'll that. release you in a few years and make a lot of money because you're. We know that at this point they have to be. I, they I have to know. be cashing in, right? I don't know. It's one of those ones that like Killer Clowns from Outer Space. There's been a rumored sequel for a long time, and every year on IMDb it's like scheduled trick or treat too. But a lot of cool guys in it. Dylan Baker is a a principal who kind of uh, poisons students and hacks them up and buries yeah. them. Classic Dil- Dylan Baker Classic child Baker. predator role. Dylan Baker. He's got that role Crushes down. all children. <laughs> I have seen Dylan Baker on screen carrying children's bodies limp <laughs> through a house so many times. <laughs> I can picture with my eyes closed what Dylan Baker's face looks like as he's muscling a child up a staircase. <laughs> this yeah. guy deals with some passed out drugged kids. Oh, man. <laughs> they really know who to go to when a kid needs to get tossed around after being, <laughs> after being roofied. You get Baker. <laughs> but then you get Brian Cox, too. Uh, as a man who oh, hates sure. Halloween, and we mm-hmm. find out why at the end. You get Anna Paquin, you know, an Oscar winner. Hey. Hey, we get some Oscar winning talent in this class. movie. You know, we get uh, Leslie Bibb. It's a cool, like, oh, yeah, these people are all, it feels like actual people are being in this horror mm-hmm. anthology. And uh, all the stories are good. There's a werewolf one. 
with really cool yes. practical effects, cool werewolf effects. Probably the coolest thing in the movie. The werewolves rip their skin off, basically. That's towards the end, right? Towards, yeah, That's I think it's the, the second the to last one. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, yeah, the werewolves pulling their skin suits off to reveal their fur underneath was a really cool touch on the transformation. Usually it's just the body stretching and uh, right, right. looks great in uh, Howling and American Werewolf. But this is actually, God, we had to fit these skin suits on over our werewolf bodies and just, oh, gross, slimy, inside-out skin <laughs> reveal. and The skin suits, yeah. Oh, man. The movie has a lot of weird gross-out stuff and a lot of bloody gore, and people, people uh, get into that. I like the gore. And so it has a big dark humor element to the gore and kind of all of these anthologies. It's like nobody can make just a straight horror anthology. It has to be wry, ironic twists <laughs> for all of these people. Yeah, pretty like much. Every one of them. But it's a formula that works. And I think that's why Trick or Treat's so beloved because it is our most modern, high-end quality anthology mm-hmm. that has that classic feel. For the older, and it's all about Halloween. Anthologies. Man. It is all about Halloween. They do a great. It, they got some great shots. Of Halloween. Although I didn't know Ohio had like Halloween street fairs. <laughs> it really felt like New Orleans during uh, big portions of this big, right, messy street fair. Well, that's what we were saying earlier. Like that big kind of exaggerated trick or treat <laughs> yeah. scene that like, you always Halloween's see in movies. Happen like this in towns. Trick or treat really nails it with that. Yeah, just the mass amounts of just kids running <laughs> wild somehow all getting their their candy these I kids are just screaming down the streets this town is <laughs> Letting loose this town is like one night only the craziest night of the year uh and it is somewhere in ohio i forget where yeah. like ohio is very different than i would have pictured it it's on sawin <laughs> there's a a really great vignette with a bunch of kid actors like a, a group we've seen trick-or-treating throughout the movie in a couple previous scenes and then their own story branches off dealing with the drowned mentally mm. ill bus kids oh yeah 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 oh the bus yeah I the bus story that. so there's some pretty good scares in this movie it's i get why it's loved there's a little bit something uh it's still a little too sleek i think yes for me yeah uh which is one of the main things that, that that's I wouldn't what rank I mean. it right up with Creep Show. Right, with that whole era in the 2000 to th- There was a sleekness to to the mid 2000s to late two, yeah. That's it's just too too polished, too professional and it feels like more guys following what they know works in their horror movies and just doesn't have the right sheen. Yeah. That was one of my concerns weirdly with Blu-ray. Like do I want these movies looking this good? Mm. Until I realized it was when I, once I started seeing movies like you know Maniac on Blu-ray, and we've seen some cheap stuff on Blu-ray. We realized no, this is just about getting the clearest presentation. Mm-hmm. The grime is going to be there on the film, exactly. No matter what, exactly. And this just has that you got the grime squeaky sheen, which does the gorier stuff does benefit from that sheen though, because it feels more raunchy than you're expecting mm-hmm. from this professionalism. And it's a, I think it's surprising, too, because I think the sheen lends itself to almost a childish or preteen kind of like, we're yeah. targeting this thing at, you know, 13 and under. Feels like a... But then when they start having the kids get killed and the blood, <laughs> and you're like, oh, no, this is like... 
They're they're giving the if certain if, if par- it's for young kids, they're giving them a scare. Certain parts feel like it could be for fourteen year olds. Yeah, yeah. But then they go R. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, okay, exactly. We're doing this. I like that part. And uh, and that's cool. And yeah, again, getting people like Anna Paquin and Brian Cox and Brian Cox getting chased around by a tiny little sack kid in a house is oh man, that guy's winning Emmy awards now. And I love how Brian, you know, I love when an actor like that has that horror movie on their resume. But yeah, I don't know how much money it's made now, how they can even track that kind of thing from digital sales and Blu-rays. I know it got a big, beautiful Scream Factory deluxe Blu-ray edition, you know? Oh, I bet, yeah. Like, this movie is huge now. This movie is one of those things that, for a direct-to-video movie, I'm sure there's an obvious one that's just not coming to me, but I can't think of another one over the last decade that's had the same kind of cult fandom. But mm, I don't know. Yeah, off the top of my head. But yeah, you can find. I, I I watched on my Blu-ray. You you uh, have not seen it in a bit, so I don't know where you can find this one. But I'm sure you've. I'm I sure think you have to rent it. it on the Amazon or whatever. Yeah, it's a money maker, so it's yeah. not going to be oh, for yeah. free. Well, like, that's why uh, they know trick or treat. Exactly, they know. Yeah, people are paying for they the, know the to, trick or treat. They know experience. to put Home Alone off free view <laughs> around the holidays. <laughs> exactly. People are gonna want to pay for Home Alone when it's like twelve twenty three. Uh, so yeah, three trick or treat movies. Ooh. One of them with no mention of trick-or-treating whatsoever. If you had to watch one for the next five Halloweens, which one would it be? Whoa. Of these three. If I had to watch only one of... of, of uh, This is the only thing I can watch on Halloween. Well, no, you can watch uh, one, only one of these three, but you have to watch it every year. <laughs> I got to go with my man Peter Jason. Yeah. And Peter just, Jason takes us in a walk. Just for... Uh... <laughs> He is scene. so great. If yeah. you're a fan of him, God, God bless him. <laughs> One of my, I'm not a big uh, autograph hound, but somehow on eBay, I, I don't know what I was looking for. I found an autographed uh, four by six of him in this movie, and I, it was two dollars. <laughs> Peter Jason wielding the bloody knife. Yeah, with the bloody knife. Trick or treats. Maybe having just murdered his fat faced son. We don't know yet. <laughs> And I just love it was two bucks and I and it's signed in this nice gold pen with like a little graphic drawn by Peter Jason. I love the idea of him just sitting down and signing some four by sixes of him. Yep. <laughs> as a bloody knifed crazy person, because I mean, I bet most people don't even think of him in this role when they think of it. And I love that somebody's like, I want my bloody Peter Jason photo signed. Oh, I can get two bucks for it? Yeah, I'll send that across the country. So that's one of my only autographs is my bloody knife, Peter Jason. Well, because he's probably, I mean, I like to think of him at the table at the convention, you know, and he's signing <laughs> all his like major movies, yeah. you know, picture yeah. him in 48 hours, uh-huh. Prince of Darkness even. Yeah. And then, yeah, the guy comes up with this thing from Trick or Treats and just him going, yeah, I was in that one too. I was in that. <laughs> but that's the thing. He's so good. He is never the guy that's stuck in a horror movie. This guy is having yeah. the back row horror movie performance. He's elevating. One of my favorite horror movie performances that we've watched uh, together. Just so much fun in a movie that's so tonally bizarre, but endearing. I would watch the, I, I have watched this movie like three or four times, so I will watch it again. <laughs> there you go. Uh, trick or treat? Mm, uh, you know... Maybe when the guy who Maybe plays not. Sammy Kerr dies, I'll 
played at midnight on Halloween. <laughs> there you go. That would Until be then, though, uh, I think it came to this. I think it did come to this. I'm Charlie. I'm Eric. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen in a few days for Halloween. I don't know how to prep, prep for this one or how much candy to have. I'm going to or... leave some candy out. I actually kind of wanted to do like a scarecrow guy in a chair with a bowl of but candy. But not with uh, anybody hiding. In but not scarecrow. an actual person, no. So, yeah, we might have to do a social distance, but... Happy Halloween, everyone. Happy Halloween. It's my uh, favorite for the kids. I I'm, hope they get to, uh, I hope they still get it somehow. I know. I I'm going like, to I'm gonna leave candy outside. I'm actually starting to feel bad for kids. They, they don't get to be with their friends at school. They don't get Halloween now. They better get That's Halloween. Tough. Get sick. Get your grandma sick for Halloween, kids. <laughs> 2020. You only live once, kids. Get that candy. Get if that nothing candy. else, get, get that, that candy. Get that monster money. Get that Get that money. hundred plus sweet tarts and smarties that you're never gonna want another smarty again. Uh, it's worth it. It's your rite of passage. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Good night. <laughs>